0: Welcome in to Arrowhead Pride Radio. Arrowhead Pride, the most popular Chiefs website on all of the internet. Pass side on, pass, intercepted! It's Dan Sorensen!
1: A pick six! Dan Sorensen! Dirty Dan Sorensen! All Chiefs,
0: all, Chiefs, all, the, all time. the time. Here's Pete Sweeney and Jay Binkley.
1: Welcome in to AP Radio. It's not Pete Sweeney. Pete Sweeney is in Los Angeles right now. It's a little bit of a football game. Tomorrow night we'll talk about here, but it's Ron Kopp from ArrowheadPride.com, lead analyst in here for Pete. We'll talk to Pete here in about 15 minutes or so from
0: California. What's up, Ron? Yeah, man, filling in the boss's chair. Uh, you know, I'd rather be in his position in L.A., but uh, I'm happy to be here with you, Jay. Well, now it's big exciting.
1: Game. Big game, big game's call for Pete Sweeney. I'll be here till 2 o'clock in the morning, tomorrow night, talking to you about the Kansas City Chiefs. Here we are, the news of the day, obviously. Not great news. I was crossing my fingers, Ron, knocking on wood last night because of with COVID, you never know who's gonna show up. Just like the Browns, the Baker Mayfield shows. Right. Like, what other chief's gonna show up? And Chris Jones is already in the protocols, Josh Gordon already in the protocols, now it's Willie Gay. So you cross your fingers even one more night that it doesn't happen uh tomorrow night. But as far as the Chargers, Rashawn
2: Slater, by the way, he's out. All right, Rashawn will be out for the game. Yes, Trey will start at left tackle. I think Trey's had a, a brief, good week of practice. Uh and you know, Trey's continued to improve for us, and I think uh, we have confidence in him to go execute the job. And we're going to do everything we can within the game plan uh, to make sure that we play really well around him. The other five guys, you know, the other four guys on the line, and you know his other ten teammates. Uh, and I think that uh, this is just a great opportunity for him. It's a great opportunity for him, and uh, I know that he's had a, a good. Uh, week of practice and i'm excited to see him compete in the game
1: so trey pipkin's in for Rashawn slater he's officially out uh for this game for the chargers it was brandon staley the head coach of the chargers so Rashawn slater's out uh eckler Derwin james asante samuel jr will all work out before the game to determine if they can play again dervin james really the heart and soul of the defense he missed last week's game against the giants so both teams have been hit with starters. The Chiefs have been hit a little bit harder here because now it's Willie Gay and maybe Chris Jones. We still don't know the yeah. 100% outlook. The Chiefs haven't officially put anything out on that. They did rule out uh, Willie Gay is officially out of this game. LeJarious Sneed out for this game. Andrew Wiley's now questionable. So, Ron, we'll start with some of these Chiefs injuries. We, again, we don't know the official word on Chris Jones yet. That's not been put out there yet. Probably have to wait for tomorrow because we don't know what happened with the test today. These Negative tomorrow, he plays. It's 24 hours apart. So you cross your fingers, it's nobody else. But so Andrew Wiley's questionable. Obviously, Lucas Niang got in for just a cup of coffee, about six snaps uh, last week. And Kyle Long remains an option for this team as well. Uh, Just kind of what do you make of that? Plus, Willie Gay thrown on. Like, how much is going to set back the Chiefs defense without Jones and Willie Gay if they're
0: unable to play? Yeah, I think one thing we've been talking about at AP all season, or especially since the defensive resurgence has happened. Is that this isn't a very deep group, you know, when, when they're all healthy, that's when they've looked really good. And obviously in the beginning of the season, when they weren't looking good, it was because of the lack of, of guys on the field, you know, Jones playing out of position, Sorensen playing over Thornhill and then gay, obviously missed, he missed the first chargers game too. So he's not going to be playing in either game, but all that to say, or hey, that
1: was a big thing. You we're going to get him back this game.
0: Yeah, I know. But, and, and, and all that have to say is that this. I just – let's lower our expectations for this defense tomorrow because you're missing potentially key pieces at every single level. We're already missing Snead. We didn't m- mention Snead there. He's already been ruled out to not play yeah, Thursday yeah, I, as well. Yeah, I brought him
1: up there because he, he was on his way back, but he's yes. not going to be playing in this game.
0: So you're missing a key piece in the secondary, a key piece at linebacker, yeah. and then potentially your best player on the defensive line. All the,
1: like, like the uh, first Chargers game where they're losing exactly. the starters. not Snead. Snead had led this team in, in plays on defense until he was out uh, last week, and obviously that's for personal reasons. You can understand that one. But – Jones, Snead, and Gay, man. I mean, that's.
0: I know. Gay, you know, Gay's athleticism. Gay's athleticism has been such a, a welcoming sight for Chiefs linebackers. We haven't had that in a few years here. And, and now you're going back to. Nick Bolton's been a, a good story, but him and Hitchens have some limited capabilities in coverage. And, you know, the Chargers have the receivers to kind of take advantage of that. So we'll see how it goes.
1: And this defense had been rolling so well, Ron. We're looking at less than 10 points a game. In the last three, I mean, they, they've been incredible. Thirteen points a game. If you go back and add that Chargers or the Titans game in there as well, uh, <clears throat> when they gave up twenty seven points in that game. The five touchdowns, the last five, five games. We just know how good this defense has been. They're really starting to gel, and and, and it's funny because you know before the season, I said like, this is the best defense could be the best defense Andy Reid's had, and that was met with well some skepticism. Right. And certainly after three or four weeks, I was ready to eat that crow because they weren't playing like I saw them playing St. Joe. And I know Bob Sutton had some good points against defenses early on with the Kansas City Chiefs. So as far as playmakers and getting to the quarterback, and Chris Jones leading the NFL in pressures with 39 since week eight. Number five on that list, and the whole NFL, is Frank Clark. They're going to need Frank Clark. They're going to need Turk Ward. you are going to need Mike Dana. You're going to need these guys to step up in this game.
0: Yeah, one guy didn't mention, Jaron Reed. and He's been stepping up lately. Since Ingram's uh, well, here, obviously. And Ingram's yeah, going to be there. Yeah, Ingram, so. yeah. But, yeah, no, Jaron Reed's probably the the most important Piece, If you're talking about Jones' absence, because that's who's going to be getting you pressure from the interior. You know, Spags obviously mixes it up and gets guys, you know, like Clark and Ingram on the inside sometimes. But Reed's going to be playing there all the time inside. He's been making plays lately, but obviously Jones's presence helps him a little bit to make those plays. So without Jones, you know, we'll see. It's a big day for Reed to kind of prove, you know, how valuable he is to this team.
1: Yeah, and I love the addition of Ingram. Obviously, he's got a little bit of chip on his shoulder. his former team. It's the Melvin Green-Ingram yes. tour. Revenge he, game. Then the Steelers come up next, so Melvin's right? going to Oh, it. wow. And Melvin even says he likes to play violent. He even said, I play violent. Very short answers, but he says he plays violent. Even Spag said he plays violent. Now, I'll say this. We, we know about, you know, Rashawn Slater's obviously not playing. And Pipkins, it's kind of a big deal because he was an active four games for the Chargers this year. So that that is going backwards for the Chargers. That is a big loss losing that left tackle for that offense because – you think about Justin Herbert, like he likes letting the ball fly. He threw 165 yards through the air last week against the Giants. Uh, Ecklers, he's uh, questionable, as I mentioned, with the ankle. Uh, Derwin James, questionable with the hamstring. And Asante Samuel Jr. has got the concussion, limited participant, but questionable for the game tomorrow. So it's just cross your fingers right now. Knock on wood. 96 guys in the NFL, we counted up before the just the last three days have tested positive or in the protocols for the NFL, obviously, it kind of sucks. The game's on Thursday, so it gives yeah. you limited time to get those guys those two tests because you're taking out Thursday. Well, you can have Thursday, I guess, if you test early. You take it out Friday, you're test taking it out Saturday and Sunday morning. So big difference for some of these teams, seven, eight guys on this list. Chiefs and Chargers have been hit a little bit. Chiefs harder hit than the Chargers.
0: Yeah, no, it's kind of, infor- I mean, it's definitely unfortunate because this this team, these two teams are kind of star-studded. I mean, there's a lot of good players on these teams, a lot of exciting players. A guy like Derwin James being hampered just just stinks for NFL, you know, the NFL uh, population, uh, you know, that's watching it, not Chiefs and Chargers fans. But yeah, it does make me think, you know, with these defensive injuries on both sides, we might be seeing a little bit of a shootout. It, it kind of feels like, especially with the Chiefs injuries on their side, I do feel like the Chargers will be able to take advantage. And then if you, got, if you have a... a you know, Asante Samuel and Derwin James, two of your better playmakers in the secondary for the Chargers, both hampered. Even if they do play, I could definitely see the Chiefs taking advantage of that. So we might be in for a track meet tomorrow night. Well, Brandon
1: State was actually asked about that play in just a second. But scoring offenses, they're both eighth in the league, twenty-seven points a game. Uh, the passing offense with the Chiefs six for the Chargers fifth. Running offense with Chiefs sixteenth, Chargers twentieth. They're very very similar. Yeah. Except for the third down percentage, Chiefs just dominate that in the NFL, fifty-two percent. On third down, they've been great defensively. The Chiefs have the edge right now because the Chargers, you know, this defense, Ron, the total defense for this team, not as the yards allowed, they're 16th, right there in the middle of the pack. That's total yards allowed, but running defense is really their weakness. Third, 31st in the NFL, they were hanging on to 32, but just replaced this week, but did give up 136 to the Giants. And I get it, Glennon was starting for them, so they were going to have to run the football, and they did the some effectiveness in the game against Chargers. That definitely is the weakness for them.
0: Oh, yeah. I know it's been all year. They've been getting torn up on the ground. I think one key thing to their Chargers defense that people have been taking advantage of is their linebackers. They are, they are playmakers. I think Drew Tranquil and Kaiser White can make plays, but they're light. They're light linebackers. They're almost closer to safeties than linebackers, and they're the two guys that play in that second level of defense so much for them. They have some good stout guys in on the interior. You know, a guy like Linval Joseph has always been a good run defender, but he actually just came back from a, a, a COVID. You know, being on the COVID list himself, just last game he came back. So they're getting him back. But all that to say, we saw it. In yeah, week Keenan
1: Allen's back for him. He was on yeah. the COVID list as well. Mike Williams, Chris Harris, they were in that protocol for just a cup of coffee, but they did play last week. But. Certainly, they've been hampered by it.
0: Yeah, and then we saw it in week three. I mean, this Chiefs Stephen has already run over the Chargers defense. You know, Clyde had 100 yards on, on nearly six yards a carry. And
1: they give up
0: 140.7 per game. Yeah. No, it's just barely ahead of the Texans. And it does feel like if the Chiefs didn't turn the ball over four times in week three, they would have been able to kind of take advantage more of that rushing even more than they already did. Like I said, Clyde had six yards a carry on 17 carries. That's very efficient. And you could kind of see it. There was no big... 30, 40-yard run to kind of skew those numbers. It was Clyde getting constant seven or eight-yard chunks, and I feel like they're going to do that tomorrow night, too. And you, you mentioned track meet. You even said specifically
1: the word track meet. Well, Brendan Staley, head coach the Chargers, was asked if this could become a track
2: meet. It can always turn into that with two quarterbacks as, as good as Patrick and Justin. It can always happen that way. Uh, I think when you have two teams that I feel like are as quality as, as, as both teams are, then that game can take a, a shape in a bunch of different ways, and I think that that's what is unique about this game is that you've got to be ready to play the game the way it expresses itself, and you've got to be ready to handle the swings in the game uh, because you don't know how it's going to be. You don't know if it's going to be high scoring, low scoring, come back, you know, tight all the way. And, and, and I think that, uh, you know, that's, what, that's the sign of great teams is just being able to play that game how it needs to be played and, and I think that um, you know that's gonna be exciting for us because you know anytime you play a team twice, three times in a season, you know, there's that game within the game, that chess match, and both teams making adjustments. And so uh, you know, I'm excited to compete tomorrow night with these guys and uh, again the team we're playing is, is is really, really good. And I don't know how much
1: stock to put into it, spagnola cole, Justin Herbert elite. He used the word, he pulled out the E. And and the Matthew was talking about it being the game changer and all this, but Dan Quinn with the Dallas Cowboys did beat Justin Herbert. That actually is a common game that helps the Kansas City Chiefs because the Chiefs beat the Cowboys. So, Dan Quinn was on a roll. Week two, he stopped. Week Martindale of the Ravens held the Chargers six points. I mean, it's elite defensive mind. And Zimmer beats him with the Vikings. And Vic Fangio found a way to, to limit him to just 13 points. And we know about Vic being the head coach, and with the, but he can coach defense. And we know the can coach yes. defense. But... Spag's on a roll, man. Should that be concerning for the Chargers side? Because Herbert's a good quarterback, but yet when he's been pressed against some of the best defensive
0: minds in the NFL... He hasn't really come to fruition. Well, that's been the highlight of Spags's, uh, you know, stretch right here where we've been winning. His Spags has just been mix match and everything. You know, in terms of one third down, you're sending everybody to cover zero blitz. The next down, you're dropping into coverage and only sending three guys. He's just been, you know, all over the place. He he doesn't have a tendency. You know, he he he's very random about it, and that's what messes up young quarterbacks like Herbert. You know, it, it's all about experience at the quarterback position when you're talking about dealing with. Hey, you know, I know I see this blitz coming or I see this coverage coming. They're disguising this. That doesn't just happen overnight. You have to have experience. And Herbert just doesn't have that right now. And Spags knows that. And I think he's going to take advantage of it. The problem is, you know, he's missing some players, as we've already talked about. But so that means he's going to have to ramp it up even more. You know, really just throw, you know, the kitchen sink at Herbert. Because I think this is the game, man. You got to throw everything out in this game. Um, you know, if you lose this game, it, I've been calling it. This is basically the AFC West title game. Um, so it is when you look at their schedule. I know they hate the Broncos beat them earlier,
1: but now they get them back in L.A. Yeah. They face the Raiders, you know, there's and the else. Houston Texans. Winnable, <laughs> winnable games yes. for them. It's a lot like Jacksonville, except for the Patriots that they have going forward. But, you know, blitz percentage of Chiefs, eighth. Blitz is seventh in the NFL, blitzing the quarterback. Pressure percentage, they're second in the NFL, seventh in actually hitting the quarterback. So that stuff is dialed up. This is what uh, Spags likes to do. And it's going to take some of that to make, because one thing they've been doing on this role is this winning streak is making the other quarterback feel uncomfortable.
0: Well, and one thing in the week three thing is that the pressure actually was doing pretty a good job in terms of winning their blocks and and getting on their way to Herbert. But the problem was that if you watch that game again, Herbert was getting the ball out like that every single time. Just as soon as he dropped back, he was hitting a lot of quick slants to Allen and Williams who were just beating Hughes and Baker all day. That's another thing, you know, Hughes and Baker were the primary starting cornerbacks on the outside that day. Um, And that's obviously changed since then. So I think that'll give the chiefs an advantage too. But all that to say, you know, Herbert can can do it in terms of getting rid of the ball quick, getting you know, a, a neutralizing pressure by doing that. And they're going to want to do that again, uh, especially if, if Jones does play. If Jones doesn't play, he might feel more comfortable back there, and that's not a good uh, recipe for the Chiefs.
1: Well, obviously, it's a huge game, the biggest game of the year uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Pete thinks it's one of the tough, best in the AFC. Chargers. Which, yeah, this game is the, one of the best in the AFC. Oh, yeah, 100%. So we'll ask Pete about that. Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com, joins us next from Los Angeles. And welcome back to AP Radio. Brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. Dream bigger. Jay Bankley. Ron Cop, Lead analyst from ArrowheadPride.com. No Pete Sweeney. That's because he is already in Los Angeles. Riding the wind. ride the wind to L.A., Pete. <laughs> yeah, of course. Everything that, that, that California brings has been nice so far. Well, did you leave today? Because it was windy here today. Like, really, we just got a huge storm here, by the way. Text lines reminding me. No. Yes, it's a bad storm.
3: No, I ended up getting in late last night. Good. So I was able to avoid the uh, the winds in Kansas City. Oh. It's, it's a little bit chillier here than I, I thought it might be, but I'm surviving them
1: all. Yeah, well, it's Los Angeles. Big game tomorrow, obviously. Uh, the news over Sean Slater, the left tackle, the sensational rookies out for the Chargers. Keenan Allen goes back for him. Dermon James, still a game-time decision. So is Austin Eckler. But the Kansas City Chiefs, Chris Jones in that protocol. Josh Gordon's in that protocol. Now Willie Gay is in that protocol. And Legere Sneed won't be playing for the Chiefs. Just how significant is that list? And is there any hope for Chris Jones to play in this game?
3: No, I don't, I don't think so. Just because you, it's kind of like it is on Sundays where the player has to Get activated typically the the day before, and so it, it doesn't seem like like that ship is is going to come in. I, I think that ship has kind of sailed when it came, comes to Chris Jones. So yeah, the Chiefs will be playing shorthanded, um, but but so will the Chargers in, in the sense that yeah, I, I understand that that most of their players are, are, are at least have a chance to play. But you talk about Rashawn Slater who has had a really nice year as their left tackle, and, and I know that you guys kind of hit on it, but. But you have key players like Samuel and Eckler and, and James, and their game time decisions. So even if they go, and we've seen it in Kansas City where you, you might have a player go, uh, and, and then they're limited. Similar to what we saw with Rashad Fenton last week, where yeah, he ended up playing, it was up to the Chiefs to figure that out day of, but they limited him and, and maybe eased him back. So I don't know how strengthened the Charges will be anyway, but. The uh, chiefs are shorthanded it, it seems like both both teams will be missing some of that juice and it kind of evens out in that sense I, I think it no matter who really played in this game at the end of the day it was going to come down to patrick mahomes versus justin herbert and I, I still tend to think the chiefs have a better quarterback
1: one other thing pete on uh, the offensive line andrew wiley's questionable even though full participant in practice uh, what would you say the next man up there is lucas kneeing had a cup of coffee with uh, six snaps last week Kyle Long comes back in the equation. What, what do you think would happen at uh, right tackle there?
3: Yeah, I, at this point, I mean, if if Wiley has any question, and I, I know that Andy Reid has shown a tendency of, of of going with what is the hot combo along the offensive line, if there's any question to Wiley, you know, you were able to to get Lucas Niang back in that mix, as it happened before Lucas Niang suffered that week nine ribs injury it became pretty clear to me that Andy Reid thought he was the best option at right tackle. He started the year, got replaced for a few games by Mike Remmers. Remmers goes down and then kind of comes back, but Andy Reid was sticking with Nyang. This offers a, a transition from Wiley, who started the last four games, back to Nyang. And I even think when all four of these guys that you just mentioned, long included, are healthy, Yang probably gives you the most upside of them all. So here you have a, a big spot. And though Wiley has played admirably, I, I think Niang is, is the best option there. And I, I would guess that he re enters the lineup for Thursday Night Football.
0: Hey, boss. KOWP here, you're, you're, uh, <laughs> by, by your namesake. Uh, yeah, so speaking <laughs> of the offensive line, I think Niang's a big part of the run game because I think that's what he really does good at, um, what he yep. really excels. So I'm curious your thoughts. You know, I, I think we all know the Chargers' run defense is, is, is something they can exploit. But with Clyde being the top guy, how do you feel about, you know, maybe trying to share that load, you know, not just Clyde, you're not just working him as a bell cow, kind of maybe, you know, softening his load as we get into the playoffs where we really need him to be fresh. Or do you, do you just ride Clyde? Cause he does seem to be heating up a little bit. What do you think about that?
3: Yeah, you're, you're right about your name, K O double my goodness what a what a debut so far you keep up the the good work filling in, in my shoes for for this week thank you and and yes i I think it's a a grand opportunity for uh Clyde Edwards whatever the lair in the run game as a whole I think we've seen the chiefs kind of lean into Clyde this year as the lead guy I know that when he was on injured reserve a lot of people wanted more of Daryl but what i think you're you're seeing the chiefs do and I, I think they've been trying to do this for a few years now is truly get a one-two punch doesn't have to necessarily be 50-50, but at least get Daryl some touches and kind of go into the game
4: in in a in a way. And
3: because I think there is a scenario as it stands right now where if Daryl kind of gets hot a little bit, I, I think they'll roll with them. I think it, you know it is Clyde first, but Daryl can come in and if he has some success, stay in the game. And so you're seeing that Clyde the first and second down guy, uh, Daryl the, the third down guy. We know he's a, a better pass blocker, so it, it, it's a better option for the Chiefs. And, and you're even. Seeing Derek Gore and starting to get some burden and I, I think the the general consensus with these coaches right now, the defense, offense, these fresh legs, and, and let's keep the rotation going. And I mean, you saw um, three wide receivers uh, pass Byron Pringle last week, for example, get more than twenty offensive snaps. So the, you know, the more you can kind of spread the wealth in that in that sense, the The more people that you feel you can trust, I think the fresher you're going to be. And this is a grand opportunity for the run game. The Chiefs are a better offense, especially this year with the two high, when they're getting the run game involved. You made a great point about Lucas Niang and making sure uh, that he is involved. We know how bad the interior can be, bad in a good way, in the sense of pushing guys around and, and making holes for these talented running backs. And when the defense senses, okay, finally, the Chiefs are going to beat us on the ground. That's when those dynamic receivers, those dynamic pass catchers, will open up. And I, I think the Chiefs. I think the main key in this game will be to set the tone early. It doesn't necessarily have to be straight carries. It just has to be getting the running backs involved and just ensuring and and making the case: okay, the Chargers can't cheat us back because we're going to punish
1: them for it. Pete, uh, in the grand scheme of things, how big is how big do you think this this game is for the AFC? I mean, we were. Talking about a four that Bills Patriots future matchups obviously going to be huge. the The previous Patriots Bills game was huge. Where would you put this game?
3: It's enormous. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm calling it the, the game of the AFC. I know the Patriots are still in control right now, uh, but they, they may lose on Saturday, and then they won't be. And then and all of a sudden, the, the Chiefs are are watching that Titan Steelers game if they're able to get this win. And looking for control of the AFC again, and to start three and four and look as terrible as they did at the beginning of the year, I think it's a blessing that the AFC and the conference was able to come back to them. And, and really, it's a it's a credit to their own work to rattle off all these wins. And you know, we're looking at it from a, a standpoint: is okay, the, the Chiefs are trying to regain and, and in a sense, from the last year and the previous year, continue to keep their AFC crown. If you could think back a few years, Jay, you just mentioned the Patriots. I mean, put yourself in three years ago, and it was the Chiefs' turn to try to knock off Brady and the Patriots. Now it's reversed. The Chargers are that team. This is their golden opportunity on national television to knock off the Chiefs just like the Chiefs knocked off the Patriots a few years ago. Are the Chiefs going to say, no, it's, it's still our crown, or, or are they going to kind of relinquish this control in the division and, and maybe the AFC to the Chargers? And that's the, the main storyline going in. And, and I know you can point to all these injuries and, and whatnot and say the you know the game may be impacted by then, but guess what? The results still get so who's going to come out on top of the AFC?
1: What time you get to SoFi tomorrow? I think you should get there real early, man. Yeah. Real I, early. I think I'm going to
3: try to – so, uh, as it turns out, as I'm learning, I'm learning the L.A. football way. The game actually starts here at 520. Yeah. I, I think I'm probably going to go around one or two local time. And, uh, of course, this thing kicks off 720 p.m. Arrowhead time. That's the most important thing.
1: $10.7 billion in the NFL Network is there. Cost double what Allegiant Stadium did. It's a fantastic place for football. Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief, Arrowhead Pride, joining us now. Pete, uh, have a good time, man. We'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, Jay, uh, I'll,
0: of course, I'll smell you later. Oh, Come man. I mean,
3: continue keep up the good work, but not too good. I want, I want to at least get my job back
0: I'm, <laughs> right, I'm keeping the seat warm, Pete. Don't worry.
3: All right.
1: Smell you later, Pete. Uh, that's what he does to me all the time, so we'll do it back to him. By the way, John Dixon, uh, one of your coworkers yes. over at ArrowheadPride.com, does a fun article every week. Did it earlier this week. Usually puts it out on Wednesday because, obviously, this game was pushed up at the playoff probability. What the chances for the first seed. John Dixon, Arrowhead Pride next.
0: You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Jay Binkley. Brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. Dream bigger on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.
1: Welcome back to AP Radio. Brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. Dream bigger. Jay Binkley, Ron Kopp, lead Daniels, ArrowheadPride.com in studio with Pete, who we just talked to, is out in Los Angeles. So now it's only fair to bring John Dixon on, deputy editor ArrowheadPride.com. To talk about his fantastic work that he usually puts out on Wednesday, put it out on Monday this week because the shorter week. But the playoff probability, John. Good evening. Hope the uh, storm treated you well.
4: Uh, well, it's pretty windy where I am right now, but so far we've survived.
1: <laughs> man, it's windy everywhere, man. We can see the wind. The text lines reminding me it's raining. It's like I don't, I know. I sit right by the window. I know it's raining. And then, uh, yeah, I'm just glad we're on the air still. I mean, it yep. was, was my there main. Is <laughs> that was the main concern. What's the big picture right now, John? I know people check you out over at ArrowheadPride.com, but the Chiefs' playoff probability went straight up to almost 100% after that Raiders win.
4: Right. That's uh, that's exactly right. I mean, the Chiefs have virtually locked up a playoff berth. It's maybe a 3 you know, to 5% chance that they don't at least get into the playoffs at this point. And maybe about a 1-3 chance that they don't win. They're 6 straight AFC West championship, but a lot will depend on this game on Thursday night. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the Chiefs only have to win against the Chargers and the Broncos, to, uh, which is the last game of the season for the Chiefs, in order to clinch the AFC West. Um, but if they lose to the, Bron- uh, to the tar- Chargers on Thursday night, then they're in a position that in order to win the division and guarantee themselves a home game, They would have to win out, and the Chargers would have to lose another game because the Chargers have a slightly better division record than the Chiefs would have uh, unless they uh, get to the point that the tiebreakers don't matter, and that would require another Chargers loss. So this is a really big game. Essentially, the AFC West is on the line. Nobody's ever won. Uh, the division six times in a row. Other divisions have been won by more than uh, more than six times, but never the AFC West. So this is a historic goal for the Chiefs, but it will likely depend on what happens in tomorrow night's game.
1: What do you think of the lines going to move, John, up and down with the Willie Gay news now? And of course, we don't know on Chris Jones. Rashawn Slater's out for the Chargers. I've been seeing minus three everywhere, but. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I mean, we could look at probabilities and stuff, but this COVID thing throws a wrench into this, doesn't
4: it? Yeah, that's a real interesting question. I would have expected the line to move a little bit today, but I didn't really see it move in any of the places I'm paying attention to. Um, so I find that real interesting. Um, and there's a, you know, there's a, an argument to be made, you know, that even without uh, Jones and Sneed. Um, and uh, and Gay in the lineup, the Chiefs are still a better defense than they were when they played the Chargers the last time and were in a position to win the game with less than two minutes to play. So, you know, uh, maybe the, the betting public gets that. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, John. Yeah, no, it, it is going to be a big game. You call it the AFC West title game. Hey, John, it's Ron, by the way. Uh, nice yeah, I know. You. How are you, buddy? <laughs> nice to talk to you. Um, so, so yeah, so we talk about this AFC West title game, but you know it's also very important, obviously, for the one seed. Uh, you know, this, the, there's only one first round bye. Obviously, now it's only been that way for a couple of years now, and the the two times the Chiefs have been to the Super Bowl in this trip, they've used that bye week, right? They haven't, you know, they haven't had to go through the wild card round. So, just curious, John, kind of walk us through how likely is it that they can get still get the first round bye?
4: Well, as it stands right now. Uh, the percentage to get it is about one in four. Twenty-three percent is the way the New York Times calculator does it. You know, they all, the calculators all work on different formulas, and they're somewhat the same but not exactly the same. So figure about one in four as it stands right now. If the Chiefs win out, the list of things that need to happen is pretty short in order for them to get the first round by, which is why they have that one in four chance. Right now, all they need is for the Patriots and the Titans each to lose one game. And that could happen this weekend. The Patriots are uh, on the road to play the Colts, and the Titans are playing the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Those games are all pretty close. Uh, they could go either way, and it would not be beyond the realm of possibility that they could both go the way the Chiefs need them to. And by the end of the day on Sunday, the Chiefs could be holding their own destiny in their hands to get that first round by. But, you know, that's three games. and That's going to go a certain way. So I don't know.
1: <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting, John. We'll see what happens with next week's article, depending on what happens uh, tomorrow night. I'm really interested to see if, if in both ways. Uh, the direction it goes and of course the first round bye comes into play with what the Patriots do this weekend against the Colts and and everything it'll be else it'll be an interesting weekend. John Dixon at Deputy Editor Arrowheadpride dot com. Thanks a lot,
4: John. Always glad to be with you.
1: Thank you. Yeah it's uh the text line Ron J Southland Tow Service text line nine one three five seven six seven six ten. By the way if you have a question for Ron and the crew at Arrowhead Pride, send it on in the text line. But uh yeah this dude from Independence saying he's 44 active homes, with 4,400 active homes without power. Um, he says he has beer, though. He went and got a 24 <laughs> that's pack. That's important. Hopefully he got some ice to throw it down on until the uh, power comes back up. But, uh, yeah, Ron, this is pretty serious stuff. But, anyway, that's the playoff probability. You know, speaking of the playoffs, I want to get into this, the playoff picture with the Kansas City Chiefs. What teams do you see as credible, like the Colts? Can they make a run even though they've been giving these games away? We'll talk about the AFC playoff picture
0: next. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Jay Binkley. Brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. Dream bigger on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. 610 Sports Radio.
1: Welcome back to AP Radio. Brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. Dream bigger. I know I'll be hitting Kansas Lottery up for uh, Christmas presents. Uh, it's the gift of, uh, get the lottery. Uh, Ronnie, I, it's what I've always done. Not just because Kansas Lottery and the show, but I've always done this. Little, like, I'll go to Quick Trip. It's like uh, as Steve Carell said in the office, like I may love you this much or I love you like he <laughs> yes. stitches his hands all out this much. Yes. Um, but that's the
0: way it goes. Like, I love you admit, scratchers. You know, I love getting a little scratcher or something. Yeah. Everybody like like getting, your, getting your
1: Christmas stocking. Well, you know what? This AFC playoff picture, there's some teams that uh, need a little bit of luck. Let's put it this way. As we sit right now, the Patriots with the one seed. The wild card games will be the number two seed Titans at home against the seventh-seeded Bills. Yes, I said seventh-seeded Bills. It's, uh, it's uh, well, where we were and where they are. <laughs> Those pictures that are on Twitter all of a sudden, like, started yeah. here, now here. And then the sixth-seeded Colts would be in Kansas City. Oh, wow. As it's, Again, as it sits down, this thing fluctuates. ESPN's got a – if you go to Google and hit ESPN playoff prediction machine, you can have fun with this because you go and you select the winning team and – It'll show you who moves oh, yeah. up Everyone and down uses that, yeah. for, for what games. Then the fifth seed to be the L.A. Chargers against the four-seeded Ravens. Now, if we just put in one game in this and have the Chargers beating the Chiefs, they become the third seed. The Chiefs become the fifth seed in this scenario. Um, but a lot of scenarios, are on. and I, I look at the Patriots and Chiefs, the two teams I see tangibly getting better, move the Patriots' seven-game winning streak with the Chiefs' six, because they're, they're actually showing improvement. They're actually getting better. The Ravens, on the other hand, the Bills, especially the Ravens, they're going – they can't take more injuries. Marlon Humphrey finally went down. Their secondary their running game, even Lamar Jackson's been hobbled up. But the Ravens, I mean, here's the Ravens still in the division lead right now, but they play the Packers at the Bengals, the Rams, the Steelers. Wow. I mean, you know, I say, okay, let's be positive here, give them one out of – one and three in those four games. Yeah, maybe that's being
0: optimistic, but they
1: do get the Steelers at home. They do get the Rams at home. They do get the Packers. All the Packers and Rams game. I don't think matters because they're better football teams. The Steelers, it could matter. I'll I'll give them that game. We'll give them one and three. But then, I mean, so the Ravens are kind of out of the picture.
0: Yeah, no, uh, that's the thing. They just lost cornerback Marlon Humphrey too. their best, their best cornerback. You know, it's honestly a testament to coach John Harbaugh, how they're still in this position at eight and five. I believe that's yeah, they're eight and five. Uh, you know, even with all these injuries, they had uh, uh, catastrophic injuries before the season even started. They didn't have Marcus Peters all year. They lost JK Dobbins before the season started. Gus Edwards. And, and yeah. And then it just kept continuing. Just the fact that they're still in this playoff picture is impressive. It's a good coaching job, but like you just mentioned, man, that stretched down and, and they just lost to the Browns too. I mean, you know, it's, you have to win those kind of games. And if you're if you're coming against the teams you just mentioned, man, it's going to be a tough road for them. That AFC North is wide open. Any of those teams could still win the division. Yeah, they split with the Browns. But the, I, I said the football gods were shining on the Ravens.
1: Except that first game where Lamar fumbled in overtime against the Raiders. But other than that, like Justin Tucker kicking the 66-yarder against the Lions, the Lions NFL yeah. record. Chiefs giving the ball at the 24-yard line with that turnover. Uh, mm-hmm. The Colts having a 19-point lead in the third quarter wow. against the Ravens. And Carson Wentz found a way to blow that. Again, Ron, I looked at these teams, and I thought, okay, who could be that next tier? And two of those teams I thought were the Colts and the Browns because of the strength of that offensive line. Obviously, you look at the the Browns and Wyatt Teller and Joe Batonio. By the way, Wyatt Teller's a guy that I would love to have seen with the Chiefs a few years ago. He ended up being drafted in the fifth round by Buffalo, but he's an all-pro. And I had him mocked the Chiefs. But anyway, but it's a good offensive line there. It's the only team that boasts three all-pros. Because Conklin, you know, he's been banged up, but he was on that All Pro list as well. And then with the Colts, with with Ryan Kelly and Braden Smith and the best offensive lineman in football, in my opinion, Quentin Nelson. And then you throw Jonathan Taylor back there as running back. It all goes on how Carson Wentz. Some games Carson Wentz looks good. Some games he looks really good for half. And then they find. I think that they blew three leads against the Titans. The Colts did, and yet the Colts are right here, a team that could play the Chiefs, again, solid fundamental team. But really, honestly, if you gave me the Chiefs and Patriots the field, I'm going Chiefs and Patriots.
0: Yeah, I, the Patriots thing, you know, and I'll talk about the Colts and the Browns in a second. But the Patriots thing, it's still a rookie quarterback. I think Mac Jones has been super impressive, but it's just really hard for me to to be afraid of the Patriots in the postseason. No matter how good their defense is, no matter how good of a coach Belichick is, it's because it's still a rookie quarterback. You still haven't had that postseason experience. You still haven't had these defenses playing the postseason football where they're bringing everything at you because it's a do or die game. So. I, I still am skeptical of the Patriots being a, you know, one of the AFC elites, but back to your point about the Colts and the Browns, those are two really good rosters, man. Those are two really good teams. You mentioned the offensive line, but also on and the defense, Colts will they all have have... the most
1: money next year with Chris Ballard. I think yeah. he was throwing a loop with Andrew Luck and they've been trying to recover ever since.
0: Yeah. But it just kind of shows you how important quarterback is that those teams are just kind of only at six and six and, and kind of fighting for their playoff lives. Because if the Browns, you know, if Baker Mayfield is playing better this year, that roster is good. That defense is good enough to be one of the AFC elites. And you mentioned, you know, the running game. They, they also have. But that's the scary part about these teams is, is as, as volatile as their quarterbacks are in January. When you're when you want to, you know, it's cold and you want to run the ball. Those teams can do it. And they have defenses that kind of, you know, uh, supplement that, you know, on the other on the other side of the ball. All that to say is those teams are going to be hard outs. But at the end of the day, man, you go with the quarterback and coach, right? And, and still Carson Wentz and Baker Mayfield. I just I, It's hard to be too worried about that.
1: Well, Cleveland's in if they beat the Raiders this weekend. But they're without Wyatt Teller. They're, without, they're without Jarvis Landry. Without Baker Mayfield, they're without eight or nine guys. I mean, they've been hit hard for this. Hit, but it doesn't mean they can't play on Sunday. You know, Baker feels fine, but he tested positive. But he's got a good negative twice, which still has time for it. Again, these yeah. Sunday games, these – Or Saturday games, It's a Saturday. Yeah, I know. Browns are next two Saturdays, and the Colts are next two Saturdays as well. You know, they could, uh, again, they do have time to recover. I kind of wish this Chiefs game was over the weekend now at this point, to be honest with you, seeing as – Seeing is uh, how the uh, the COVID hit them.
0: No, how about Saturday, man? I I love when the NFL gets to Saturday. Your whole weekend uh, is is filled up with football, uh, professional football, and Saturday night's that big game. It's it's uh, it's Patriots and Colts, and and that's going to be a huge one Saturday night. Obviously, as a Chiefs fan, you're rooting hard for the Colts, right? Because you want to get that one seed. You want to just have the the Pats kind of lose one game. And if the and- Colts
1: win, the Chiefs lose, Tennessee gets the one seed at this point. All right, if the Chiefs beat the Chargers and the Colts beat the Patriots. Chiefs are the one seed. Exactly, yes. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, it, it, you, you'll be wanting the root for the Colts either way, especially if the Chiefs lose. I'll, wait, though, I I need the need... Titans.
1: I'll give the Titans a win, too. Okay, it's Tennessee. If they win, I'm Yeah, the tiebreaker. Yeah. if Pittsburgh wins against the Titans, which easily could happen and if the Colts beat the Patriots, the Chiefs would be the one seed if they take care of business Thursday. Again, this is all fun stuff.
0: Yeah, and, and the other thing about the one seed this year specifically, because we're talking about how mucked up this AFC is, right? There's like 12 teams, 10 teams that are in AFC playoff contention. The problem is that all those teams are so close that you might play the seven seed, the first round. That doesn't mean you're playing a, you know, a bad team or a worse team than maybe the four or five seed. It's just, that's how mucked up it is right now. So all that to say is when you get in the AFC playoffs, man, it's going to be three tough games. If you do have to w- play in the wild card around, that's why it's so important. If the chiefs can somehow get this one seed, cause it's only two games now. And, 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 but those three games against uh, the AFC is not super impressive this year in terms of having elite teams, but they have a lot of good teams and a lot of teams that can beat you on any day if they're playing their best football. So Having to play three of those teams consecutively in the playoffs, that's just a lot to ask for.
1: And we still don't know the numbers because it's 50% now. 50% chance to get if you have the one seed. Because yeah. last year, obviously, the, the Buccaneers weren't. They had to go on the road three straight times to to go to the Super Bowl. But they did. So yes. the other 50%. The Chiefs went to the Super Bowl and had that bye. So small sample size with having the first-round bye with there's only one team. We'll find out 10 years later like what the, what the odds look like when you get that first-round bye. But for the Chiefs, I'm with you, man. You'd have two home games, and then you're back in the Super Bowl. And not only that, Ron, but you just think about the wear and tear on these guys. I mean, I'll never forget when Vern talked to uh, Madison Bumgarner at the All-Star Game a few years ago. You know, because they, they would win the World Series, the Giants wouldn't, and then they wouldn't even go to the playoffs. So they'd win the World Series. I mean, it, was, it was for three for, – yeah. win, lo- out, win, out, win again. And they had that string that went until 2014, where they were a very good team, but they played a lot of baseball. And it, Madison was like, yeah, it starts wearing on you a little bit. Well, nobody's played more football than the Chiefs. They yeah. go to the AFC title game, then two straight Super Bowls. Eventually, when your season's strung out so long, when you're only human, it does start to wear on you. That's the one factor.
0: Oh, absolutely. No, you got to believe it does. Uh, even if they are this motivated from from losing the Super Bowl last year, even if they are feeling motivation, it's just human nature. And and guys like, you know, I hate to say it, but a guy like tight end Travis Kelsey, uh, you know, he is a little older. He's gotten beat up all year with this physical coverage every team is just sending you know a safety or linebacker you know a corner to just beat him up at the line of scrimmage and it it probably does have a little effect on him. that's why he could probably use that bye week heading into the playoffs to just rest up and get those bruises and off he reads, arms, so. you know,
1: 23 in regular season after buys oh yeah. 26 and 6 when you include the postseason i mean the guy's just good when you give him extra time that's it's what he does I and mean, he goes to the lab he works on things it's the same with his coaching staff it's the same crew that's been here that's the, the you know the remarkable things about the Chiefs is one of the reasons I thought they could handle COVID well because yeah. they all knew, already knew their players. So yeah. if they're doing Zoom with them because they were running it back, it's how yeah. they got back to the Super Bowl. So on Zoom calls, you already know what they can do. You already yeah. know their capabilities of your players, and I thought that served the Chiefs well last year.
0: Yeah, no, and and that's the other thing about the coaching staff, man. Is is, is uh, you know I kind of I'm kind of you know uh, going against the point I just made, but the fact that you know it, it, the, just because there's no AFC elites this year. You can trust you can trust like Andy Reid and, and this quarterback and coaching combination to go into anywhere. You know if you have to go to New England because they're the one seed. If you have to go, you know you're still the better quarterback uh, coach combo in the entire AFC. There's no one better. So that's the other flip side of this is even if you are a three or four seed, if you end up that way, if you're the Chiefs, you still are confident that you can go all the way um, because there's no other team that you have a that has the quarterback coach advantage over you. Should the Chiefs Thursday night run and
1: eh, 24 hours from now when they get this bad boy rolling? about about then. Thursday Night football, ground pound. I mean the thirty first worst rug defense, throwing two him out of the backfield again, you know Daryl we're talking Daryl's the you know the better receiving back at this point that that's not always been the case. Clyde, he's the only running back in the history of the SEC to have a thousand yards rushing and fifty five fifty over fifty receptions. I mean, dude catch the ball. Both of them very capable of doing as they showed two weeks ago with six for eighty eight on six targets. But I think we'll see a lot of this tomorrow with the running game.
0: You'd you'd think so because that's how you that's how you can best take advantage of the Chargers' defense. That's how you cannot you know throw at Derwin James. That's how you can kind of avoid him you know by running the ball. He can't if do he plays. Much, Yeah, if he plays, he is questionable with the hamstring injury for sure. But yeah, I, I do. I don't want them to completely just ground and pound. I don't want I don't want it to look like the Buffalo game uh, you know and last year where where it's just run after run after run. I do think the Chiefs need to mix in the pass. What is it about
1: these teams just doing this to the Bills at their (laughs) point? Like the Chiefs last year, the Patriots, well, the Chiefs ran or they threw it more because of the weather, but they ran the
0: hell out of the ball. Well, it kind of just shows you that a lot of defenses right now are adjusting to stop a Patrick Mahomes-led passing attack instead of worrying about, hey, we need to get stout against the run, and teams are taking advantage of that. Like, you know, you see the Bills getting run all over uh, recently.
1: Ron, it's cross-your-fingers time. It's knock on wood. Let's hope the uh – COVID doesn't rear its ugly head one more day. Just one more day, man. Just If the Chiefs had to travel, I give the you – know, Chargers got to stay home. It's, it's it's a big deal for the Chargers, especially on yeah. a short week to stay home. These things do matter.
0: Yeah, the Chiefs have gotten COVID lucky all year. You're seeing the, the other side of COVID luck now. It wasn't going to last all year. It's not going
1: to last all year. But anyway, thanks for listening to AP Radio, brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. Drink bigger. Thanks, John Dixon, Deputy Editor, ArrowheadPride.com. Thanks to Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief ArrowheadPride.com for joining He said thanks for Ron cop coming in here through the storm, through the wind, in the studio. That's what Arrowhead Pride does. Thanks to Grant Nicholson for producing the operation. Bink at night. Next.
0: You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Jay Binkley. Brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. Dream bigger on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. 610 Sports Radio.